0: I'm Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is With Nothing to Say.
1: Let's talk about Bram Stoker's Dracula.
0: Oh shit, I have to do a shout out. I forgot about that. Just do it now. Yeah but I didn't like look
1: up. Oh okay. <laughs> I didn't plan two minutes ahead. No you're good. Oh, wait. It's like seven there?
0: Yeah I just woke up. Oh, yeah that's fine. Okay one sec. Before we get started today just a quick shout out to the Alphanumeric podcast. Alphanumeric is a poetry podcast and every week they release original new poetry. It's pretty cool. I've never really been much into poetry. I find listening to poetry much more exciting than reading poetry. I don't know why it is. I've always thought poetry to be something best experienced in the audio format, so I find this podcast to be incredibly exceptional. Any thoughts on poetry,
1: Andrew? I like it. I think uh, poetry is best when you read it out loud. Yeah, agreed. There we are.
0: All right, 1992, Francis Ford Coppola, Brum, Stoker, Stoker is it Stoker? Stoker, like no. You would suggest it. We were kind of going through a couple of different movies that we might watch. I don't know what exactly I was expecting. I mean, you know, when you talk about Hollywood and the vampire, there's just so many movies. I don't know why Hollywood loves vampires so much. They're awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Jimmy, my stepdad. He's seen like every vampire movie to ever be made. Like he just loves vampire movies, vampire TV shows. He's seen it all. What does he think of
1: this one? He's pretty much a fan of every single vampire movie he's seen. I went back and I watched the 1931 Dracula movie and the 1958 Dracula movie. And uh, I'll probably talk a little bit about those as we continue. But yeah, I don't know. Vampires are, are kind of a good uh, fantasy placeholder for like themes of like desire eroticism and sex one of my favorite vampire movies is a movie called martin which is directed by george romero great movie if you can find it it's like out of print you can't watch it anywhere but that's a that's a great movie about a vampire like a young vampire in like present time and that movie is kind of about uh like addiction he's like um addicted to heroin but he's addicted to like blood and he needs it you know what i mean so you know you can kind of yeah play with that i
0: haven't seen a lot of vampire media i didn't seen any of the other dracula's I had read the book before this. I didn't read it in preparation for this. I had read it for class. I've seen Nose for too. Right.
1: I haven't seen that. I've seen What We Do in the Shadows, which of course is a parody of vampire movies. I haven't seen any of the TV shows, but I like vampires. They're interesting. Uh, there's a lot of movies that I haven't seen yet that are vampire related, especially like a lot of stuff from like the 70s and stuff, including Martin, which is a 70s movie as well. But yeah, this movie comes at a weird time, you know, 1992. I suggested to you because it's a movie I've been wanting to watch for a while. I haven't seen all of his movies, but at this point now I've seen all of his great movies. I watched Apocalypse Now for the first time this weekend. I've seen all the Godfather movies, I've seen The Conversation, like all those movies are great. But I think once you get past the 70s and into the 80s, it kind of falters a little bit in terms of like his directing output, it seems like. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, like I I watched like a video about this movie and uh, I thought it was really interesting. And that's why I picked it. And uh, it's Halloween time. It's October. Ooh. I guess like getting into it, what it kind of does is that like, it's kind of interesting. And I got really lucky because I found like a really good Blu-ray copy at like a half price books this past week. So uh, last night I watched like all of like the special features, which are like a bunch of like small documentaries about the making of the movie. Incredible. But one of the things that they do is that he inserted kind of some historical stuff from like the real quote unquote real dracula vlad the impaler vlad dracula so and that's kind of like more at the beginning where it's like in the 1400s vlad dracula is in battle he wins against the turks and he has a beautiful wife played by winona ryder of course a dracula is played by gary oldman He uh, defeats the Turks, but he goes and he finds that Elizabeth committed suicide because before he arrived, she received a message on an arrow that said that he had died. So she's like, I'm going to kill myself. And he gets there and he's super, super sad. And the priest tells him, like, she committed suicide. Like, she's in hell. (laughs) Like, she committed suicide. I'm sorry. But, like, she is, like, in hell. Sorry. Dracula is extremely angry. He desecrates the chapel, he renounces God, and he will now use the power of darkness to rise up from it. This whole sequence is before the opening title, and it looks amazing.
0: It reminds me a lot of. You haven't seen Dodeskoden, have you? One of Akira Kurosawa's last films? Oh, no, no, I have not. No. So Dodeskoden was shot almost entirely on a set, and it's like, it almost looks like it's always at sunset. Like there's these beautiful background paintings, and it's a lot of orange, very similar to Pulse Schrader's... Mishima?
1: Yes. Some of the production and the costumes in this movie are made by this woman, I forget her name, but it's a woman who also worked on Mishima.
0: That makes a lot of sense, because it's just like the whole feel of the film, like all the different like oranges and reds, and they use a lot of painted backdrops. It just feels very uh, ethereal and fantastical. Like, it doesn't seem to use a lot of real sets, which sometimes I have problems with that kind of thing. Like, I'm a big fan of shooting on location. I love kind of on-location shoots. But I think in this, it works because it's creating this fantastical world. And another thing that we'll get into as we talk about this, something that Prince for Coppola is really interested in is not making so much a modern film. And I read a lot about how he had a, a digital effects team that he just, like,
1: didn't really give a shit about. <laughs> so he talks about that one of the special features. He's like, I told them exactly what I wanted, but they kept on pushing me to do what everybody else was doing, and then I fired them, and then he hired a son.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which is just awesome. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, like, I think at the time, I understand why people were mad because they're like, oh, we got to use this, you know, fancy new CGI and, like, this kind of stuff. But if they had used that, like, back in 1992, it would have looked like shit.
1: It would have aged really bad
0: really would have. And the fact that he used almost all in-camera techniques, even though like some of the techniques are like old techniques, I think it works because partly it's fantastical and also just because watching the film, it doesn't feel like a film that came out in 1992. It kind of feels like a film outside of time. There's a lot of techniques that kind of used from like way back in like the 20s and 30s. And it creates like this really strange feeling. Like if I didn't know the film came out in 1992, and I didn't, of course, know this just kind of star-set cast, Keanu Reeves, Winona, the writer, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, <laughs> and so on and so forth. You could honestly tell me this film could have been made in like 1960 or like 2004. And I honestly, you wouldn't know the difference just because it is, there's a lot about it that's so outside of time. And even talking about that opening sequence, that fight scene, which is used with like- It's these
1: puppets, yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it looks great. I love when he uh, he stabs the cross and a bunch of blood spurts. I love when he does that. I love his uh, armor too. His like uh, like, weird ribbed kind of muscly looking armor. That was of course, yeah, designed by that one person. Yeah, I just love, yeah, the whole sequence. And that kind of sets off the movie. He's Dracula, he's going to be a vampire. That's pretty much the idea. And then we're cutting back like nearly, what, like 400 years later in the 1890s, like when the book happens. Jonathan Harker, he is going to take on Count Dracula as a client, which I believe is probably the beginning of the book. I haven't read the book from his colleague Renfield, who went insane, and he's now an inmate in Jack Seward's insane asylum, who Jack Seward will be character later on. And Jonathan, he's basically traveling to Transylvania to arrange like a real estate acquisitions in London because Dracula is buying a bunch of land in London. He's buying a bunch of homes in London. And uh, it's revealed too that Keanu Reeves, he has a uh, fiance who looks a lot like, uh, suspiciously looks a lot like Elizabeth. And uh, he is um, going to travel to Transylvania, which that whole part where he's traveling to Transylvania is very, very good. Another just incredible scene. I think travel scenes are just,
0: I mean, they've been done like a million times before. And... I think this one just like, I don't know, there's something about it that's just absolutely beautiful and magnificent. And it kind of uses some of those like old techniques of like, you know, it'll be like a, a close up of his face and it'll be like superimposed on like, you know, a train traveling or like him writing letters. It's so like orange and red and beautiful. I know Keanu Reeves has kind of talked about how he was disappointed by his performance in this. Well, what what do you think of his
1: performance in this? He sucks.
0: He's the worst part of the movie
1: my he kind of takes the air out of everything and in the next scene that I'm about to discuss where he goes to the castle he really takes kind of the air out of everything in terms of like the acting and the performances mm-hmm. he's not like the worst thing ever but I, I didn't like him very much all the young actors and stuff like they're pretty good like Winona good for sure they're all pretty good for the most part but they do pale in comparison to some of the older actors including like oldman especially oldman and, and uh, hopkins as well
0: yeah i don't know how fair it is to compare winona Ryder and keanu reeves who are at this point my time too they're pretty fresh in the world of acting To compare them to you know anthony hopkins and gary oldman who are some of the greatest actors of all time and just also just incredible performances i'll agree keanu reeves performance in this which i i love keanu reeves I think he's he's pretty great. I don't know if I've like ever seen a Keanu Reeves performance. I'm like, oh, that's an incredible performance. But everything, you know, seeing him in, he's, he's always really fun. John Wick, The Matrix, Bill and Ted, all that stuff. He's always a good time. This is definitely subpar Keanu Reeves. Because I think part of the problem is just like Keanu Reeves was badly cast for the part. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and I guess like Francis Ford Coppola didn't want Keanu Reeves at first. But there was kind of like, I guess they wanted someone like younger and like, to like get like younger audiences in, supposedly. Which makes sense you'd pick someone like Keanu Reeves because he was kind of like a heartthrob at the time. But he he does feel like ill-fitted for the part and his whole performance is kind of, I don't know. It's almost like flat, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Like it's a very flat performance, I think.
1: I guess kind of talking about Keanu a little bit more though, we can transition to when he visits the castle, which is a great scene in itself. Him uh, visiting Dracula in his mansion in Transylvania, his big giant castle. Um, Of course, this movie has tons of miniatures of buildings, which look great. And he he goes there, and Gary Oldman looks crazy. He's got like this like his like he got his his like forehead is shaved back, and he's got this like crazy like white hair that's like really long, and he's got kind of like this like Asian influence like red long robe as well like he looks awesome i believe yeah like she look. he he looks really really good um he's got his like face is like really white and kind of like wrinkly like he's super old and he like and he like welcomes keanu and he's uh he's super old and sad and stuff because of course he like doesn't have like a wife or girlfriend well he has girlfriends but he doesn't have a wife and they're walking around the castle which is very eerie and dark and they kind of talk about business and stuff like that. And they have like dinner and. Yeah,
0: the shadows are just, that's one of like my favorite effects in the film. Cause like, I guess the idea was that shadows and sort of like physics kind of work differently around when the vampire's are around. So there's like a lot of things like walking on ceilings, like rats and stuff and like things move in all these different directions. And the shadows kind of act outside of, and there's a lot of like cool moments where, like, Keanu Reeves will think he's, like, talking to Dracula. The shadow will be, like, in one place. And then, like, Gary Oldman will, like, walk out in from another direction. It's just incredible. I love those shadows. They're just so, like, intricate and detailed
1: and so weird. It's, it's awesome. It's like a, I, I saw it. It's like someone else doing it, like, during, like, in the shot. So it's, like, it's, like, not, like, added in, of course. It's all in camera. So it's, like, another person off screen doing this shadow while they're acting. That's unbelievable, dude. That's crazy, yeah. And like, you know, just to kid you to you odd, you know, like uh, Jonathan, uh, you meet Dracula, like, like we talked about, and Dracula sees a picture of Mina, his fiance, who looks exactly like Elizabeth, and you know, Elizabeth or whatever, and she, he believes that you know it's the reincarnation of, you know, his lost love. To kind of skip over to another scene, um, the scene where like Keanu's shaving and stuff is also really good, where that's great because it's like it's i think it's like a hole in the wall and then keanu is in the hole so it's like filming him dead on and he's shaving and then the person being filmed from behind is like a double because like a hand comes up and touches dracula on the shoulder and you don't see his reflection that's because that's not a mirror that's a hole in the wall where keanu is and basically jonathan um, is fed upon by his brides, his concubine of vampire women. <laughs> and Dracula, you know, he sent. he's getting his boxes of Transylvanian soil because he needs that to, like, live, I guess, to sleep on. And he's going to um, um, take up residence at Carfax Abbey, um, which he recently bought from Keanu Reeves. And like I said, Keanu during this part of the movie, which is really kind of where he acts the most, it's in the castle pretty much. I don't know. One like we talked about, it just feels like Gary Oldman would like just say like this incredible line or set of lines and it's just beautiful and then Keanu would just kind of come in and it'd be like, "Oh." Like I, like kind of deflated the whole thing in like Gary Oldman's crazy. He, he like changes his voice and stuff. It's, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I was just going to say that I think part of it is certainly Keanu Reeves' performances is is certainly underwhelming. And then on the other hand, Keanu Reeves is kind of given a role that doesn't really do a lot. Like he's kind of a, like his role is kind of, I mean, more towards the end, he kind of does some stuff, but his role is basically just to kind of exist, which, you know, isn't isn't great. He's basically just constantly at the uh, whim of others. So... You know, I guess in that sense, like the performance kind of does reflect, but it's hard to say, like, is it the performance that's reflecting kind of this character development or is it like the
1: character that's reflecting performance? Like I said, the young actors, they're all right. Uh, in London, kind of like talking a little bit what's going on in London, in London, you have Nina and you have her friend Lucy and they're kind of talking about like love and sex and stuff like that. Um, this movie is pretty erotic, It's a pretty sexy movie uh and like uh uh and i think you get like a like a fun party where you're introduced to like the three uh like suitors uh, basically of lucy who are great i I really like those characters uh it's like uh i don't remember their names i think there's arthur who's like a lord or a sir or some shit like that just played by carrie elvis El. i forget last name he's the princess bride saw guy um and then you have like the doctor guy and you have the uh, like what uh, American guy oh, he's the-
0: Australian in real life I think he's supposed to be Australian in the movie oh I thought it was American I think they say he's Australian huh. maybe not maybe someone else is Australian because I remember
1: a line where they say someone is Australian it could have been someone else she has a lot of suitors he might be American yeah she has like three suitors and them. I like when she uh, meet, you meet everyone and she's meeting everyone and talking to them. She's wearing like a snake dress. That's really cool. All the outfits are, once again, really good. And yeah, they're kind of like opposites. You know, they do a good job of kind, of like, kind of like bouncing off one another. You know, Lucy's kind of like, I wouldn't say like, um, you know, she's kind of, um, she really, really wants a suitor. You know, she really wants a boyfriend. And uh, Mina, she's kind of uh, reserved and conservative. And she's like, I have a fiance, you know, like I have a fiance. And you know they uh, there's that one there's that one interesting scene where it's like raining um, because I think it, it's storming because I think Dracula is arriving into London uh, so it's kind of like once again it's like where Dracula goes things are a little off. Yeah, Dracula's one of the things. I mean, I don't really care,
0: but one of the things I found confusing about this film is Dracula's powers are vague in a certain sense. I mean, I don't care. It's kind of Like, it's awesome. I think that's part of, like, the frightening thing is you don't really know what he can do. But I guess, like, he can partly control wind and weather in, in like, a a certain sense. Uh And so that that scene where it's raining, and this is probably one of the first moments where you just realize just how kind of bonkers and insane this movie is, especially from someone... I mean, you know, you talk about films like Apocalypse Now or The Godfather, which, of course, are haunting and, you know, have moments that are absolutely terrifying. But you talk about those films. Those films are very are films that, especially with, with Apocalypse Now, it's a very quiet film. It's a lot of like sitting around and looking at these kind of terrifying moments. Where this film, there's just like there's so much movement and like so much going on, and the editing style is just kind of insane. And once we get into like the rain and like some of these other moments, they're just like it's so weird and strange, and not definitely not something you would expect from someone who, at this point, Francis Ford Coppola, by the time he makes this, he's like in his what 60s 50
1: yeah what like
0: he's born 39 so yeah he's probably in his 60s by this point i read a review that said like it feels like a like a first-time filmmaker or like a student filmmaker in the sense that i mean the reviewer didn't like the film but i will agree with them in the sense that this film just like it feels like Prince for copa is like just like fuck it like we'll just do whatever and it feels
1: insane mm-hmm. i love it i love the feel of it it's much more exciting than like, it's a movie and film in front of a green screen. And it's also, I think it's also more exciting to kind of, like you said, like, yeah, like his powers aren't necessarily defined, but like, it's more exciting when you're like, what is he gonna do, you know? And when he does something, it's like, whoa, that's exciting, he did that, you know? Um, especially later in the movie. <laughs> so I think, yeah, more or less like Lucy reveals like, I'm marrying Arthur, who's the Princess Bride guy. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. I, I don't, even, I know his last name, I don't know how to pronounce it. Elwis? Whatever. I like when he uh, yells at Anthony Hopkins. It's like, he point, remember that scene where he, like, points the gun at him, but he yells, like, really loud at Anthony Hopkins? What did you do I don't know why. That was funny. But for some reason, Lucy's sick. She is uh, kind of, like, you know, like, in bed, and she's kind of gyrating around, and she's really sick, and, and, um, and uh, I think uh, the, the doctor, Dr. Seward uh, is like, we should get Van Helsing, Dr. Van Helsing. He knows a lot about obscure diseases, which is played by Anthony Hopkins. I like two. So, And Van Helsing shows up um, and they're trying to uh, check it out. And she, he, Van Helsing sees like the two marks and he's like, oh, okay, uh, it's a vampire. Uh, uh, by the way, I like how, how Anthony Hopkins plays uh, Van Helsing in this one. And the two movies that I've seen, about Dracula, the thing that I think they don't do right. And it might be bad to say that I, I do like the 1931 and 1958 movies a lot. But the thing about those movies that I, I just feel is missing from this movie, even though those movies are great, and they look great, and they're totally unique, is that Dr- the uh, Dracula is more of a monster, like a like a like a monster of the week villain, and less of like a tragic hero, anti-hero guy, which I think is way more interesting when played that way. Van Helsing is also like shown as the hero in both movies that can do no wrong. While in this movie, Van Helsing, I would say is more like a, like a crazy scientist, like he's kind of like bonkers and he's kind of like more off the wall, which I find more interesting than like, I don't know, just like a guy who's like normal, who's just like really smart, you know, like, like in the other two movies. Those other two movies are very good, but I like it more when like, you know, things are a little bit more like, you know, who's bad, who's good. I like that way more. Yeah, this
0: movie definitely seems to be a movie where the moral, it's hard to say like, who is the good guy or who is the bad guy here. I mean, there's definitely like characters that you root for and characters that you you don't necessarily root for, but Anthony Hopkins Character, which part of it is just you know a very well written character, and then of course you know Anthony Hopkins just gives an incredible performance. And he he, I think this is probably it's typically when I see Anthony Hopkins performances. Of course you know you think of his most famous film that came out by this time, which is oh, yeah. *The Silence of the Lambs*, right, which came out like just before this or like you know *Anger* two before this, where he gives a very like intense performance. But I've always found Anthony Hopkins to be very able to cr- create these something that's intense, but it's also like kind of holding back, right? He's able to be intense without having to like yell or scream, especially when you talk about Hannibal Lecter, right? He barely, rarely ever is like, ah, and yeah, he's like terrifying. But in this, they kind of give Anthony Hopkins more room to kind of like move around, right? Oh,
1: and he kind of has fun with it.
0: Yeah, he, he seems to like really be having fun with the part. He's just like all over the place. And I kind of love this uh, vibrant Anthony Hopkins. They don't really see a lot, like someone who's very kind of like emotional and kind of just all over the
1: place. Once again, I like that way more than just like the normal scientist guy that they do in the other movies. I like that way more. I think it's more fun and more interesting. And then I think you get um, around this time, kind of one of my favorite sequences is when Dracula uh, meets Mina, he basically uh, on the street, right? And Dracula at this point, he is swagged out, Like he has swag now, like his outfit is so crazy. Like, he's got, like, it's, like, a steampunky kind of thing, but, oh, like, I'm not a steampunk guy, so if, if if you heard that just now, don't, like, be turned off by that, like, it's, like, crazy sunglasses, and he's got, like, a big tall top hat, he's got long hair, he's swagged out, like, he looks great, and he he does this thing where, like, he looks at Mina, and he's, he's like, see me, see me, like, he's, like, trying to, like, also, one of the, the liberties that they make is that, um, they don't do the thing where it's like at daytime the sunlight kills him they're just like it just makes him weaker like he's not as powerful he can still do things but not as much which i'm fine with that liberty it's fine <clears throat> but he's he looks young and handsome and he meets and meets mina and mina's like go away you suck and this thing where like he teleports and stuff and he charms her and uh, i think they go to like a little like movie theater right yeah i like that scene i like that sequence it's nice. Yeah, I think what's cool—it's
0: clearly like uh, Francis Ford Coppola's kind of homage to film because it's supposed to be like 1890 something, so very early cinema. And of course, the the films you see—one of them is uh, a pornography, which the first film ever made. Well, the first almost anything is almost always pornography because humans. And then, of course, the other uh, film they show is uh, one of the most famous first films, which is just a train coming towards the camera, right? That, there's that famous uh, story about this group of people who had never seen a film before watching, basically just a train coming towards the camera and like screaming and yelling, and be like, ah! I mean, they don't do that in this, but it's clearly an homage to that. And, it, and I guess like Dracula, I guess it's like some sort of like astro projection kind of thing is what's going on. Cause like a lot of times, I mean, not yet, but later on, what she sees is very different from, like, what other people see, so I guess, like, he's able, like, I don't, I guess he's not, like, really walking around, mm-hmm. or, like, not there all the time, which is why he's kind of able to, like, teleport and stuff, or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think he's able to, yeah, th- th- they show that he can, like, like, sort of, like, become, like, a, like, a figment, or, like, become, like, a, like, a ghost to people, mm-hmm. like, several we times where, like, um, dracula like will be attacking lucy and stuff and then they'll burst in and lucy's just by herself um yeah. he can like transform that's the thing about like dracula that's really coolness too he can he transforms into many different things and he looks has many different looks so like he'll change into like different animals and he changes into shadows and into fog and in this yes, yeah, circumstances he's a swagged out young gentleman I think that scene ends with like, there's like a wolf, right, walking around, which is kind of weird. Like the way that it walks around, is like kind of funny. And then like, Mina gets scared. And then he's, because he's like a vampire, he's able to like calm it down and stuff. And, you know, basically Mina is falling in love with Dracula, basically, because he's swagged. You he, We receive word, um, we kind of cut back to Jonathan though, right, I think.
0: And Jonathan, I guess like the three female concubines or whatever slowly draining the blood Jonathan but I guess he like he somehow like gets like out on like a window and he like shimmies his way off falls into a a river or something and he drags himself to an abbey I believe like a church yeah like a church full of nuns and that's when the nuns contact Mina and they're like, "Hey, your uh, fiance dude, he's here. It's kind of insane, but we got him. He's okay."
1: Yeah, she gets the letter and and they're like, "You should come to Transylvania and get married to him." And uh, she she debates with herself about it because like I think she really really likes um, because they go on a few more dates I think right like they had that we they had that little date where they they had that little date where they drink absinthe right. So they're, like, seeing each other, and, you know, he's using his powers to kind of, like, almost, like, hypnotize her a little bit, yeah. kind of, like, get her to, like, really like him. He is, like, a you know, like I said, you know, handsome guy. He's cool. You know, he's slick. You know, they're having fun. They're drinking absinthe and stuff, but she's, like, no, Jonathan, I have to marry that guy, and so, like, yeah, she uh, she, like, gets on a boat, and she goes to Transylvania, and she, like, writes a letter to Dracula that's, like, I'm gonna go marry Jonathan. I will never see you again. <laughs> and he gets like very angry.
0: Yeah, that scene is just awesome. Cause he's like, he starts crying and like blood is like everywhere. It's like coming
1: out of his like mouth and nostrils and eyes. Weird pugnacious face kind of, like he's almost yeah. like in the middle of a transformation. Yeah, he's like, his face is all like contorted
0: and weird. And it just looks and like, he's like in this room full of candles and it looks like he's almost on, like, a stage or something. And the makeup is beautiful. Just everything about it is just beautiful and magnificent and weird. Of course, Gary Oldman just gives, like, this perfect performance of,
1: like, equally sad and angry. Yeah, and he's so angry that he's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to kill Lucy. And that's kind of what he does. <laughs> um, every, but at this point, Helsing, Van Helsing and the crew, the suitors, kind of, like, are, are kind of on... Bored with Helsing, Van Helsing, and they're like, okay, let's defend Lucy, make sure she doesn't die. Um, Dracula wipes the floor with them. He destroys them. He simply pushes them, and he uh, transforms Lucy into a vampire and basically uh, kills her. Um, and then they kind of have like a little funeral and stuff. And once again, like Hopkins in that role is so funny because I love the scene. I love the part where like they're at the funeral and everyone's really sad, and he's talking, and Van and Van Helsing is talking to the doctor, and he's like. Yeah, I really want to, yeah, I, I need this instrument to do this to her I'm like what you're going to do an autopsy now or now or later or something like that. No, I just want to like uh, cut off her head and take out her heart. <laughs> like, and so like they bury her like in a sarcophagus. Like, okay. And they, of course, like, they're like, all right, let's get in there guys. And they open it up and she's gone. They're like, Whoa, okay. And uh, <clears throat> she comes down and she's got like her wedding dress on, which looks great. It's got like this like weird winged like cap on. And, like the dress is very like ornate. And she has like a little girl with her that she's obviously going to eat. I love too when she in that scene, you know, where she's going down the stairs mm-hmm. and the, the candles turn on. Yeah, that was shot backwards. So she was going up the steps backwards and they have the candles and then they extinguish them. That's awesome. Isn't that great? Like, it's like, whoa. Like, I, I, I thought that, like, I honestly thought that, like, they had the, te- they had the technology to be able to turn the candles, like, on. Like, they had, like, maybe some, like, electric candle thing where you could, like, just press a button. But I guess if you want to use, like, real looking wax candles, you probably can't do that. So,
0: <laughs>
1: it's, That's like, so I love watching, like like, I was watching the special features and, like, I was cracking up seeing everybody, all the production people, like, do various things. Like, there's one part, you know, where they're in the garden and they're like, "Oh, it's raining!" Like they yeah. feel like drops on them. They like show a guy like right above them, like on a step stool, holding like an eyedropper thing <laughs> 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 for like the drops of water. Like that's beautiful. <laughs> like it's just a guy like whose job is to. All right, let's go. Okay, <laughs> yeah, just unbelievable. They say the girl. And uh, they kill Lucy. You know, they stab her in the heart. She pukes blood on Van, on Anthony Hopkins' face, on Van Helsing's face. Very good. And then they just fucking like, cut off her head. Yeah. Pretty violent.
0: That seems, seems pretty brutal. And the, the little girl seems genuinely just, like, terrified of the whole situation. Which makes sense, because, you know, you're being carried by
1: a woman who looks like a vampire and once again there's like a special features part that they filmed where like she's like in her outfit and she's holding the little girl it's like they're not filming it's like film of them like re- like waiting and like the girl is like freaking out like the like the child actor and like the mom has to come over and like <laughs> and the actress too I don't, I don't know her name but the actress is like I don't know what to do like <laughs> but they kill the hell out of Lucy sure do and Mina and John are back in London. I like to, John has white hair because I'm guessing because he's just like been through it, right? Like just, I'm guessing that's why. Yeah, I got it. And they all kind of decide to, with Helsing, um destroy Count's uh, Dracula's like boxes of soil, which he needs to survive in London.
0: I think one of the interesting things they do with Keanu Reeves' character, and I don't know, I'm not saying Keanu Reeves necessarily does a very good job of this, but I think one of the the things that they kind of play with and I kind of wish they did a little bit more with is Keanu Reeves has this sort of um, PTSD about the whole experience, right? Which I love. I kind of wish they would have kind of looked more into his sort of the sanity of his character because they're so, I guess because they're so invested in like Dracula and like vampires and like these, you know, uh, these phenomenons being real, they're not as interested in. it's kind of like the sanity of these characters. But I, I think it's interesting the little that they do kind of play with Keanu Reeves' characters and this idea that he is someone who's had this traumatic experience and he's kind of, he's cut off from the rest of the world, right, he can't really connect with anyone. In the same way, right, if someone comes back from war or terror or you know any traumatic event, they're kind of, it's as if they don't exist in the world. And that's kind of how Keanu Reeves plays this character coming after he comes back from Transylvania, you know, he's never, he's like in love with Winona, but like he never like shows any real affection for her
1: or any, he struggles to kind of be there, I guess. That might be, uh, <laughs> that just might be because he's uh, bad, but <laughs> Could be. But you're right. Maybe they should have given him more material, but then again, maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, I see what you mean. Under the right actor, it could and with the added and with the right additions that, that character could have been a little bit more full for sure. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I think they're scared that Mina's gonna get fucked up. So for some reason they decide to put her in Seaward's quarters, which is in the Asane Asylum where Renfield is.
0: And we haven't really talked about Renfield at all. Yeah, but he's kind of like I, I do love the first image because Renfield's like the first person we cut to in the um, 1800s, like, post, like, the opening credits. I love that opening sequence with him, because it's, like, a super wide lens. It's shot from, like, super high, and it just looks it looks insane and just so weird and strange, and every time, really, they shoot with him. I mean, first of all, we haven't really talked about, I mean, all the set designs are incredible, but the set design of the insane asylum?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. They have, like, these like, cubes on their heads. Yeah, what is up with that? Like, they're, like, the guards. Like, why are they that's like a thing uh, that must be like a real thing or something like that you know it just must be like an 1890s thing they thought of right. I mean, I have no idea I'm guessing it's just like protection or something like a helmet or like a like a face mask or like I don't know like it was just kind of it's a square okay. cage I love it though you know like, yeah. like a cube on their head uh not that but it's not the patient it's, it's the I think it's the, like the doctor wow. the yeah yeah
0: <laughs> I guess, like, the way I was thinking of it is, like, maybe because, like, Renfield kind of, like, he tries to bite people sometimes, or, like, tries to... Yeah. So maybe, like, it's to stop him from doing that. Yeah. Uh,
1: Renfield played by uh, Tom Waits, by the way. Yeah. Very good. Another great casting choice. Yeah, that, that was a good casting choice for sure. Yeah, he he acts pretty crazy. He's uh, he's good. But, yeah, Renfield, yeah, like you said, he pops up here and there, and he's obsessed with Dracula because Dracula told him that he's going to, that if he does his bidding... he can be immortal so he's like very upset and Mina talks to Renfield about Dracula and he kind of he warns Mina he's like you should leave because Dracula is going to get you and then Dracula uh kind of basically because he's all-knowing omnipotent he hears that Renfield did that and he um he becomes like a a, a, like a like fog like a green gas fog yeah and he comes in and he kills Renfield
0: or Renfield he was just trying to I know he just wanted to be immortal <laughs> That's all he wanted. He's just eating his bugs, birds. Yeah, gross. So gross. Awesome though. He's very good. And he just kills. They just kill him. And Anthony Hopkins, all the others—they're they're burning soil. They're throwing uh, holy water on the hospital, burning things. And Dracula, after killing Tom Kurt Renfield, goes into Winona's room, and another very sexy scene where he's like. Or she's like, hey, let's, uh, I want to be with you. You know, I want to have sex.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I love you. And then he, but, but he basically confesses he's Dracula. Yeah. And she gets upset.
0: Which is fair. But she's still like, she's into it after a moment. Like she's upset, but then she's like, you know what? I'm down with that. I'm cool with,
1: uh. She says she remembers like Elizabeth's previous life. Yeah. And then yeah she's like i want to be a vampire too and he's like okay and uh basically like that whole scene is really good by the way and especially too when the hunter's bus burst in yes very good that yes so like the
0: scene it's it's filmed almost like a, a sex scene sort of like the whole like biting of yeah. her which is very like the, often vampires it's kind of like this sort of sensual kind of you know talking about the victorian area and and all these different things and and so like she he's like kind of resistant and you could see this earlier in the film because he was gonna turn her into a vampire earlier but he's kind of resistant because he's like hey being immortal like kind of sucks kind of awful that's bad <laughs> and he doesn't like want to curse her with it but she's like no I I want to do it I want I want to be a dracula I want to be immortal. I don't want to be vampire yeah and, yeah yeah and she's like well I, I guess I guess so and so she like drinks his blood and it's like all sexual yeah yeah, yeah. and the vampire hunters come in and no longer is young steampunk dracula there but this just insane looking bat monster like nine feet tall, foot tall monster which
1: just looks incredible
0: looks really good
1: yeah <laughs> it's like kind of scary <laughs> like what if you saw that in real life <laughs> yeah he like gets mad and then and then after that too he turns into a bunch of little rats and he escapes yeah he escapes they tried um and mina is changing into a vampire and uh he is able to learn that van helsing is able to learn through mina that dracula is going back to transylvania in his last remaining box of soil once again he needs like the soil to live so the hunters leave because I think they say I think they say that like they'll be coming in from the land, but no, they'll be on boat. I think. Well, I, I forget. I guess they're going by boat, right?
0: No, so the vampires going by boat, and they're going by train. Gotcha. So they're like, we're gonna be able to beat them there because like the boat's gotta go. They like show a map. Like the boat's gotta go like all the way fucking around Europe, and they're like on a train and they're going through. They're going like straight through. So like we're gonna we're gonna beat them there, and it's all gonna be good. But of course. Dracula being all knowing is like, ah, gotcha. So he like pushes in like this fog, which I guess like the train can't go in with fog or something like that. Yeah. And so then instead by train, they're like, okay, uh some of us will go by horse, but I guess Anthony Hopkins and Winona Ryder. They split up. They split up, yeah. They get there first.
1: Yeah, I think get there first. Um, They're the people that get there first, and then the hunters are kind of able to intercept Dracula. Like, they kind of meet at the same time, and then they kind of get involved in this little fight where they're shooting at each other. They're trying to get Dracula. Um, But Van Helsing and uh, Winona Ryder, they're there at the castle, and they're talking and hanging out. You had the concubines uh, come in, and they kind of sort of manipulate them to kind of like kiss uh, Winona Ryder and Anthony Hopkins. But Anthony Hopkins, you know, he breaks free of that and he kills the gypsies, the concubine, he like cuts off their heads and throws them in the water. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he, he, uh, oh, he also like, doesn't he also like put a communion wafer on her forehead just to get her to stop too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he like makes, yeah. And, uh, and then I think you get a, I think they all then arrive at the castle and then there's another big fight, of course. Uh, where I think like uh, Dracula like bursts from his box, and he's got this crazy golden like robe on too. And he looks really old. Unfortunately, during the battle, I think uh, the the what the Australian American guy he gets stabbed in the back, which is sad. He's a good character, but yeah, he bursts out of his coffin. Jonathan slits his throat and then stabs him in the heart. But Mina's like no, like she's like all upset and stuff. I like the way a lot
0: of I mean, this film is very sexy and steamy, but I, I was afraid coming into this movie that would be very sort of uh, derogative is not really the right word, but kind of like the female characters are kind of just these damsel in distress. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think uh, Winona Ryder's character is that. I don't think Mina is that. I think that's a very they kind of give her a lot of you know complex feelings, and the way they kind of play this final part of the film is really interesting because right you think kill Dracula. Mina safe, She goes back to her husband. and They live happily ever after. But that's not what happens, which I think is interesting. You know, Keanu Reese's character is like, I killed him, but uh, you want to stay with him, so you know that you made your bed, lie in it. It's like whatever, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, they go into the uh, they go into Dracula's castle, and you know Dracula is like dying. He's like ancient, and uh, they're at the chapel and they're talking, and she uh, kisses him. And that kind of um, and that like uh, he reverts into his younger form, and then the uh, cross that he stabbed in the big beginning is like repairs itself. Um, and Dracula is like, you know, give me peace. He still has like kind of like the sword in him, and Mina like you know thrust it all the way down. He dies, and the mark on her forehead disappears because now she's no longer a vampire. And then uh, she decapitates him. <laughs> which is <laughs> like whoa okay I, I guess i forgot you have to cut his head off and then uh she looks up at like a like it's like a painting of uh, vlad and elizabetta reunited i guess and that's kind of you know the idea of the movie i guess um and that's the end of the movie bram stoker's dracula
0: good ending i i enjoyed ending a lot maybe a little i don't know <clears throat> well part of me kind of because like he a lot of the time is able to kind of like uh create this illusion of who he is like part of me thinks that what she's seeing isn't really like what's happening like maybe she's he's not actually being forgiven but she's right she's kind of created this illusion of you know looking for you know him being saved i mean i like the idea of him being saved and you know yeah. being
1: <laughs>
0: but uh i don't know i mean it's a good ending i, I think it's yeah it's you know, it's definitely not like drawn out or anything, which is nice. You know, I, I hate drawn out endings and it definitely just kind of like gets the point and then it's done.
1: Yeah, I like the endings in the <clears throat> old movies. The old movies are like, we kill Dracula and we save the girl. We're done. And they walk away. <laughs> like that's literally how the 1931 version ends. They kill Dracula. Like they put a stake through his heart. He screams. Yep. They save the girl and then they walk away. And then that's like the end <laughs> of the movie. Wow. Of course, once again, I like, how this movie is kind of plays around with the idea of Dracula more than just a monster. He's a tragic person. He is afflicted with this curse. He believes that his lovely wife is in hell because she thought he died. You know, he, he it's sad.
0: Landrew, final thoughts and reading?
1: Yeah, final thoughts. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, Coppola, you know, he did, I, I think he did a great job. I love the movie a lot. I think that uh, from a filmmaking perspective, it's like a ten out of ten for sure. Um, Just from the filmmaking, you know, just from the production quality of it. The production quality, I mean, is just incredible. Shadows, puppets, you know, in all in-camera effects, just everything. Things that you wouldn't expect to be an in-camera effect is an in-camera effect. Miniatures, paintings. Um, Just the whole, like, gamut of just, um, you know, film trickery that, you know, basically untouched by a computer, you know, and it's just, it really makes a difference in kind of like creating a tone that's also very eerie and kind of strange and off, especially, of course, when the Dracula character is around, because like we talked about, when he's around, things are kind of like weird and different. Gary Oldman is great in the role. He transforms into many different faces and costumes, probably a few that we weren't able to mention. You know, I think the thing that pulls it back is, you know, sometimes the story can be a little confusing and just a little bit though, it's not a big deal. Um, and I think Keanu Reeves, you know, he's just he's just not super great. He kind of, he's not in it a lot of the time But in the parts that he is, it just kind of takes the air out of everything. And it's kind of hard to, it's a little hard for me to forgive it. But still, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. And yeah, once again, great movie. I'll give it an eight out of 10.
0: Yeah, I definitely reciprocate almost everything you just said. From a filmmaker's perspective, just basically a masterpiece. I mean, just genuinely just a, a film school and, you know, watching film, just every moment you're just like, you know, it's one of those films where you can watch, and you're still like trying to figure out how how they do this or how they do that, which you know doesn't happen too often, especially I suppose now where it's just like ah, oh, we'll just CGI it, right? <laughs> we'll okay. just, let's CGI this whole scene. Yeah. We're just gonna be in front of a like, green screen or whatever, and let's have them
1: do that computer. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I love this film. I love everything about it. It's crazy. It's insane. It's bonkers. As you said, Keanu Reeves' performance definitely is the most lacking in the entirety of the film. I don't think it bothered me as much as it bothered you, probably just because I'm super forgiving of Keanu Reeves, because I love Keanu Reeves. Seems like a really nice guy, seems to be doing good stuff. So I'm pretty forgiving on that end. I think the only, I'm trying to think, like complaints they really have about the film. I don't know if I really have any complaints about the film. I don't think it's a perfect film, but I, I think, it's okay. yeah. And I'm gonna give this a nine out of 10, it's just, yeah. It's just incredible on every level. And I just, I just had a great time every minute of it. Just genuinely a great time.
1: Hell yeah. Glad you liked it. <laughs> all
0: right, y'all. Thank you for listening. You can find me at AustinLugo12.
1: You can find me on Twitter at ADHarp24.
0: And you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at With Nothing to Say Podcast. And thank you all for listening.
1: Thank you again.